Chapter Thirteen of King Mambo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shreya. King Mambo by Paul Duchau. Chapter Thirteen. The native dogs. How they hunt their own game when they are not fed. Their ways of attack. Their usefulness to their masters in wartime. Ashoria's story. One morning I was surprised not to see a single dog on the plantation, and I wondered where they could have gone. Where are all the dogs? I asked Ragundo. Hagwizi, he replied. All the dogs have gone to the forest. They act in this way when they are hungry. They found that we had no food for them, and having gnawed all the bones they had hidden in the ground they thought it was time to go and hunt by themselves and feed on what they could catch often they spend the whole day hunting and do not return before sunset sometimes not until the next day when they find out an old camp to sleep in dogs are very sly they have a leader they understand him and they understand each other one by one they leave the plantation and meet outside I had been wondering, since I came, what the poor dogs had to eat, for no one ever gave them food. They seemed to feed only on the bones that were thrown to them. The hungry dogs were always watching the movements of the people, though they appeared as if asleep. But this was only a blind, for as soon as the house was left vacant, they immediately got up and entered the place to see if there was any food to steal. All these native dogs are great thieves and wherever they have a chance they steal, and it is very seldom they miss the opportunity offered. As soon as they get a bone, they go to a lonely spot where they are safe from the other dogs, and when tired of gnawing it, they hide it in the ground, and never forget the spot where they have left it when they want it again. In the evening, the dogs made their appearance before the houses of their respective masters. They had evidently been unsuccessful in their hunt, and had had nothing to eat, to judge by the pinched appearance of their stomachs. A few pieces of manioc, just enough to prevent them from dying of starvation, were thrown to them, after which they fell asleep, as they were very tired. It is not good for dogs to be too well fed, said Rigundo to me. After what Rigundo had told me, I watched the dogs every day, and found that, though they belonged to different masters, they formed a pack amongst themselves, and that they understood each other thoroughly. I discovered that Fierce was their leader. When they wanted to go a-hunting together, they did not bark. On the contrary, they were very sly, and looked at each other with a peculiar expression of their eyes, which meant one thing or another to them. How Fierce had become their leader I could not tell, except that he could attack with fierceness, and could bite savagely. Physically, he was the strongest of all the dogs, hence he wooed over the others. He was always the first to leave, and the others followed. He generally went to see the other dogs before they started. He always led in the attack, and seemed to prevent the other dogs from being too forward in the fray. When he retreated, they retreated, and in some way, unknown to me, each dog was given his proper position in the attack. One morning, when I got up, I found that the dogs had again left, and no one had seen them go away, or could tell whither they had gone. 
they are very hungry said ragundo and will continue to go into the forest until they have killed some game and thus have their hunger satisfied toward sunset the dogs returned what a sight they presented their muzzles were red with blood of the animals they had killed and eaten some were rounded one had its ears cut almost in two another had the end of one of its ears bitten off another had the upper lip cut three had their backs somewhat lacerated suddenly regola said where is my dog spear i do not see him among the others and he must have been killed in his fight with the wild beasts it was no doubt so for spear was never seen again Ragundo gave it as his opinion that the dogs that came in with their ears and lips cut had fought with monkeys they had surprised on the ground those whose backs were lacerated had been wounded by wild boars and they had succeeded in killing some animal and had devoured it hence their bloody muzzles some of the men attended to the wounded dogs and said that in a few days they would be all right again the dogs had evidently fed well that day soon after their return they all were fast asleep under the piazzas of their masters houses three days afterwards all the dogs that were not wounded disappeared again and went to the forest to hunt they were evidently on the scent of game for we heard them barking Ragundo took his gun to be ready but gradually their bark became fainter and finally died away the game had escaped them sometimes the dog have great trouble in chasing an antelope said Ragundo to me for these animals are very fleet often they tire the dogs these then gradually fall behind and the antelope escapes early the following morning ashoria agula gola quabi and i went after antelopes the men had their dogs with them these were soon out of sight and as we went along the hunting path my hunters would call them after walking about three hours we heard the dogs bark they are running after an antelope said ashoria the barking came nearer soon it was very close to us and we were watching intently when an antelope followed closely by the dogs dashed by us we fired and the beautiful animal fell dead we had the greatest trouble to keep the dogs at a distance and we could not do so until we had cut off the legs and some of the meat of the animal and thrown these to them in the evening as my hunters and i were seated by a bright fire they told stories of dogs a shoria story which was the longest was as follows some dogs are very useful in time of war for they can find men hiding behind trees and warn us of their presence one day years ago i was on the war path i had then a dog called edombe he was very cunning and followed me always in the forest in war times i had trained him never to bark when he discovered a stranger but to come back to me at that time the enemies of king mambo would lie in wait for his people along the paths in the forest and then attack them suddenly sometimes there were two or three together and sometimes but one i had gone to reconnoiter and had edombe with me he was scouring the forest in every direction ahead of me as i went along sometimes i lost sight of him once when he reappeared and came towards me when he was near enough he looked at me and made me signs to follow him which i did for i knew that he had seen something unusual suspecting danger and fearing a sudden attack i walked most carefully 
at the same time stopping every few steps and looking around even up into the trees. Suddenly, Dombe barked fiercely, looking in a certain direction, turning towards which I saw a spear fly out and graze Dombe's body. This was followed by an arrow, which embedded its head in a tree near him. I looked all around. At first I could see no enemy. Then I saw two men near, together lying flat on the ground among the leaves. One had a bunch of barbed spears by his side, the other a bow and a bag filled with arrows. I came forward, giving the cry of King Mambo. This was immediately answered by the same cry, which meant peace. These two men belonged to a friendly clan, whose warriors had come to side with King Mambo. Poor Edombe had a narrow escape. The next day I went again into the forest with Edombe. I had lost sight of him and wondered where he had gone. When I heard him give a certain cry of pain, as if someone were choking him, I went in that direction and came to a little pool of water where animals came to drink, for there were many footprints round it. Then I saw a very large python squeezing poor Dombe tightly within its powerful folds. The dog was dead. Its head was already in the mouth of the big snake. It is a habit of these big pythons to lie by pools coiled round a tree of the color of their skin and wait for their prey. Then they spring upon their victims and, squeezing them to death, swallowed them slowly. Our dogs are brave, and a number of them are not even afraid of leopards. These leopards, when they become man-eaters, like the meat of man better than any other. Some years ago, a leopard prowling near our plantation succeeded, to our great sorrow, in killing and devouring two people, a man and a woman. Our idol said that we must go and hunt the leopard. Then, taking our dogs with us, we went in search of him. After a while, we heard the fierce barking of the dogs. They had discovered the leopard's lair, and we came up just in time to see a huge male leopard spring upon one of the dogs and crush him between his jaws. With fierce, glaring eyes, he looked at us. Then he let the dog drop from his mouth and lay flat on the ground, ready to spring on one of us. But we were ready for the beast, and before he had time to spring, we fired and killed him on the spot. The belt I wear is from the skin of this leopard. When the leopard story was ended, it was time to go to sleep, and we all left for our respective quarters, bidding each other good night. End of chapter 13 Recording by Shriya